Just a quick note before we start this week's show, we are making a movie featuring one of our former guests of this very show. That is DJ Nikki Ciano. He was on episode three, if you want to go back and listen. We would love for your help and support and encouragement as we make the movie. We want you on our team. Check out greenlit.com slash L-I-T-M, which is short for Love is the Message, the name of the movie. And you can get all the information and anything you can donate would be amazing. But even if you can just help us spread the word, we would be huge fans of your work. That's greenlit.com slash L-I-T-M. Consider yourselves officially enrolled in Rock and Roll Grad School with your hosts, Heidi Hedquist and Luke Poling. The facilities are yours. Hello, kitties. I would, I feel like I should pose it as a question. Are we going to have a good time today? Well, I also, like, with that pause, I was like, am I supposed to respond with a <laughs> hello? Like, we've never done that before. Oh, yeah. Is this new? I just- is I this feel call like, and response now? I maybe. This is the part of the show where I just hold the mic out to the audience and they sing the high parts for us. Should we give it to Randy to sing the high parts? Because she's maybe here. we should. Yes, we should. She's shaking her head. She's shaking her no or shaking her head in the affinity. You should hear me try to scream at my soccer team. My voice sounds like a 12-year-old boy going through puberty. It cracks and it's it's great. I feel like that's perfect for <laughs> yeah, no, that's about school. the level of our skill. I mean, and she'll sound like, you know, some sort of screeching rock star. I, well, speaking of screeching rock stars, I uh, this weekend got to see one of our friends yes. live. And the Dead Deads, episode 61, if you're, they were lovely. They were That's great. Awesome. I'm so uh, jealous. They threw in a cover of In the Flesh by Pink Floyd. But one of those covers where you, it takes about 30 seconds before you're like, this sounds like, I think they're playing... Um, but it was, I mean, they were all great, but the way the drums were set up, it was so close to the edge of the stage watching, I believe it is meta dead, literally destroy that kit. The entire thing, every, every part of it was shaking and it takes a lot. I feel like to get a hi-hat to really be swaying as you're pounding on it. And she was able to do it. That's awesome. Love that. It was great. Um, and then speaking of, I think, I don't know what, um, this week we have Maya Wynn. Yes. From the, I think we can say number one group in yeah. a country, maybe not our country, top 10 in our country, from Envy of None, mm-hmm. which is probably best known as the first music post-rush by Alex Lifeson. Yes. But is so much more. It's great. It's, it's She's really fun. super cool. She's a lot of fun. Her own stuff is a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I signed up for her newsletter so we can, I'm like, I want to find out when she's in this yeah. neck of the woods. Um, so that's lovely. But I, I've just, since Saturday night, I have been in the mood for high screeching vocals and uh, face mounting guitar solos. Perfect. Which have you I seen? I mean, when dark- are we not in the mood for That's those? true. Have you seen The Darkness before? No, I wanted to go see both of them, but it was a very, the week did not allow me to do it. They are such an enjoyment. Of course. Uh, How could they not be? Gratuitous cowbell. 
I mean, early on in the show, you know what you're in for when it begins with Justin saying, give me a D and the entire audience yells D and they just give me an Arcanist and they all go Arcanist. <laughs> it was Perfect. lovely. Yes. It, it, it is the, the break all of us need from reality. Oh, yes. What the heck is that over your shoulder? It's uh, like that, some Rick Nielsen kind of guitar back there. Yeah. It's a, it's a harp guitar. Wow. So it's six, yeah. six strings on the bottom. Mm-hmm. And then how many on the top for the, the harp? Six more. Wow. Oh, wow. And then it's a bazooki <laughs> next to that, correct? Yeah, a bazooki. And then I've got a, a guitar. You, I, I have so many instruments over there. It's, it's chaotic. <laughs> but let's be honest. Nice problem to have. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> As we get started, I wanted to read some numbers to you that I found. Number six, alternative album in Canada. Uh, Number six, independent album in the UK. Number one, alternative new artist in the US. And number one, top new artist in the US. Um, Other than that, how has your week been? (laughs) Um, Really, really mellow other than that. (laughs) (laughs) Other than that, yeah. What is your, what's it like now that the record's out and knowing that people are hearing it and clearly are are enjoying it? It's actually, it's, it's been really amazing and kind of strange at the same time. If you like, you know, there's, it's just been this project I've been working on for five years now. And, um, you know, it was really casual at first and just this sort of fun thing to work on. And then, you know, now suddenly it's this thing that everybody's listening to and, and getting so many messages and all this feedback and, and, you know, almost for a while, it it sort of felt like a, a secret I didn't want to share with people because I didn't want it to go away. You know, you, you get worried about sharing exciting news before it's like officially a thing for so long. And now it's like, it's real. (laughs) So it's really exciting. What was that feeling like when it was finally time to sort of let the baby leave the nest? It was a little nerve wracking. You know, I think there's always ways to overthink everything and, 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 Mm -hmm. you know, especially with music and art, you can always listen to it and think, oh, I could do something better. We could do this better. I'm sure we could take more time with this, especially after taking five years with something. You're like, well, maybe we should just take a little longer and, and you know, work on this thing a little bit more, but, you know, it was time, it was time for it to, to leave the nest. And I think it was, it was also kind of, it was nice to, to let it go and, and, and see what happened. And, and, um, yeah, it's just been, it's a, it's been a really exciting couple of weeks and, um, just seeing the response and, and, you know, as an independent artist, I've done some song releases in the past and that has been fun, but it's not the same as having an entire label behind you and, and having all of these people working together and celebrating a project with a whole group of people. It's um, it's just really rewarding and, and exciting to celebrate all the time and texting the guys like, hey, you know, check this out and like screenshots of different articles and pictures of different um, newspapers and it's just been really fun and rewarding to see all of 
all of the amazing press and feedback that we've been getting. Yeah, it's got to make a person feel pretty good. Mm-hmm. Now, when you came to this project, you said five years ago, and it was Andy Curran who kind of said, oh, hey, can you, was it you, he had a song that he brought to you or you brought something to him? How did that collaboration get started? Yeah, so I actually, I started talking to him after I won a Zoom mentorship with him um, when I won a song contest about five years ago called Claim to Fame. It was an online, they had a original song contest and a cover song contest and I entered and ended up winning the cover song contest and I had a, a one of my prizes was just getting to, to ask him questions and I knew he was sort of an industry guy in Canada, um, but I didn't know much about him on a musical level at that point. I didn't know much about his career as a musician. Um, so I mostly just asked him industry questions and there's one specific song that I had that he really liked. That was a collaboration I did with my producer and it was called I Got Nothing and it was more industrial and just really different and unique. And he was like, you should be doing more stuff like that. And he started talking about a project that he was working on uh, for his own music that had a kind of a similar vibe. And so I offered, you know, if he ever needed a vocalist for something um, and he took me up on the offer and we started working on some music and, It was really casual at first. He sent me a bunch of, um, you know, instrumental tracks that he had sort of been uh, working on with his friend Alf. And and they were usually only like a minute or two long and just instrumental like bed tracks and seeds of ideas. And he sent me a whole folder full of them and I listened to a bunch of them. and, And Shadow was the first one that I picked and was like oh I can hear some ideas on this and um, I started working on it and writing lyrics and vocal melodies and um, and that was really how it started and then it wasn't until months later that uh, we had a I think two songs recorded and um, he called me one day and was like hey so I showed this to my buddy Alex and he really likes it he wants to add guitars to stuff and um, he's like you know Alex Lifeson from the band Rush right and I was like, of course I do. (laughs) But I was so confused. I was so confused how A went to B and like how (laughs) those dots connected. But I was really excited. And I and I remember, you know, I just being floored and super excited. And I remember that conversation so vividly because it was just this wow moment for me of, oh my gosh, this is crazy. How did this happen? I feel like I was just really just dumbfounded in that moment of, I don't know how this happened, but I'm really excited. And and, um, we just kept working on music and and we would just send files back and forth. It was pretty much all virtual. Um, We didn't meet in person for the first time until I think two years into it. And I flew to Toronto and and we we did some vocals there in person just for two of the songs and, and hung out and met in person for the first time. And um, it was just really great to finally meet everybody. And, and we've actually only been in the same room together twice. It's really funny. You know, all of it's been pretty much virtual and, and um, just a really great experience. So when did it make that jump from, I've got a few tracks, you've got a few tracks, Alex wants to put some stuff on this, to being like, well, I think this is a group. The four of us collaborating is something different. This is a project. This is a thing. Yeah, you know, it really grew naturally. We, um, 
around that time that I first flew to Toronto, uh, two years into it, we had, I think, because we had just been doing it very casually, I think we had four tracks at that point, um, just four songs, and we were thinking, oh, maybe we could release this as an EP. We had a working title called In the Middle of Nowhere. We were talking about just very casually releasing it and seeing what the response would be like. Um, and I think Andy had more of a, a a vision for everything earlier on. You know, I think um, it was really casual for us for a long time. And it wasn't until we ended up having eight or nine tracks finished that we had a conversation where we were like, you know, we really should do something with this. We were really happy with how the songs were turning out and how everything was sounding and really excited about the project. And um, one of the guys who drummed on a few of the tracks and who's a good friend of both um, Andy and Alex and was, I think, part of Alex's legal team for a long time, David Steinberg, um, came up with the with the name Envy of None. He had it saved for a rainy day from college. <laughs> and uh, it just, it, it, we all really liked it. And by that point, we, I think, it, the project had grown on us so much that we were like, yeah, we should really do something with this. And, and it just became more and more serious over the course of time. And the more songs that we had and the more songs that we were really proud of, I think it was just like, yeah, we should, let's just do it. Let's, let's, and then if we're going to do it, we might as well, you know, try to find a label and do it right and see what happens. And, um, you know, and of course, like those guys have really great connections to different labels and they shop They're doing around. okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... Yeah, it was really nice to have those guys uh, be able to have those connections and, and, and send it to all the right people and, and get the, the team behind it. And that's just so nice from an independent artist perspective to like have a peek inside the, the industry window. <laughs> how, how do you like it <laughs> so <It's> far? Nice. <laughs> <laughs> you got like best of both worlds. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's it's really nice. I think as an independent artist, you hear all those the horror stories of labels and you're like, oh, never sign. You're going to sign your soul away and you'll never have creative freedom and they'll take all your money. And, you know, and, and you sort of convince yourself that it's better off to be without a label. But they really picked a good one. And I think they had enough experience with labels to know what they were looking for. And, and um, Casecope is really like they're. They're big enough to have those kinds of connections for PR and, and marketing, but they're not so big that we're just being ignored and swept under the rug. You know, they're really putting a lot of effort behind this and, and all of those people are working so hard and it's so nice. And, and it's amazing to have a full team of people just like rallying behind the music and, and trying to to work to to make sure it does well. And that's been so cool. And, and I hope that I can find that. You know, as an independent artist, I hope I can find a good label. I think it really is. It's just about finding the right people, you know, and mm -hmm. there are, I'm sure, really terrible experiences out there. And, and but it, I gotta say, it's been so nice. <laughs> <laughs> what is the balance of that collaboration looking like? Because obviously the other three members of the group are a little bit further along in their career. Yeah, <laughs> it's actually been really nice. You know, I think we've all sort of found a very um, equal collaboration in this and, and they've they've treated me as an equal part of this project through and through. And, and um, our, I've never felt like I wasn't um, 
I guess, an, an equal in, in the project because they've been so, so kind and, and supportive and the dynamic has been so authentic. Um, and, and, you know, Alex is such a genuine and, and humble guy and, and um, he's championed me so much and, and supported me so much in all of these interviews and, and everything. And, and um, I know that he really, he's really championed me and believed in me this entire process. And so I've never felt like my contributions weren't as important or valued or that the dynamic was somehow skewed, you know, and I think there, the age differences, the, the differences in, in experience level have really not meant much to that at all. You know, it's just been a really great experience and, and I've really felt valued in, and that my contributions to these songs were really valued by these guys. And that, that was really, really important to me and, and has meant a lot to me. Throughout any sort of artistic collaboration or conversation i feel like sometimes even when we're doing this show that that the person's camera goes on we're like oh my god there they are they're just Mm. there at at what point do you put on the headphones and just go wow i hear andy and that's alex and like that's got to be just like a pinch yourself kind of moment yeah you know i think that the first time i met alex in person was really a big moment for me because i think up until that point we hadn't even had a zoom call or you know it was just email it was just emails and and um i don't think we'd even talked on the phone we had we had written each other back and forth on email and every you know we were all sort of like sending files and everything but it wasn't until you know two years into it and i went to toronto for the first time and it was my first time um outside of the country it was my first time you know traveling to canada and, and it was just a really cool experience and getting to meet I was very, very nervous. We went to dinner and, and, and I was so nervous to, to meet everybody. Um, but of course, like, especially Alex, you know, it was a very like, you know, I don't want to say the wrong thing. I don't want to, I want to be cool. I want to, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and, um, he was just so kind. He's, he's a really funny guy. Um, and he's just as, he's exactly how he appears to be when you watch interviews with him and, and, um, all of the silly videos of him, he really is just a genuinely funny, kind person. So um, it was easy to sort of get past that moment and and just enjoy it and get along with everybody. And and um, and Andy's been, you know, from the beginning, um, just a really, really kind and and supportive guy. And and you know, from that first mentorship call with him, you know, it was just sort of it was that 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 dynamic and and. Um, he's so easy to talk to and and um he's just such a business guy too you know you talk to him on the phone and he's got like eight things he wants to tell you about updates and and business updates and um music updates and he's always planning something always planning ahead and and um you know it's it's clear that he's just been working in this industry for so long you know he's got that kind of brain for it and um but they've all just been so kind and and easy to get along with and um i've never other than that sort of first dinner, I've never really felt like too nervous around them at all. <laughs> does Alex, I, I was just going to ask, does Alex <laughs> have a favorite poutine place? So same question, really. <laughs> I don't, I'm sure he does. Like a, it's like a routine, right? Like, what do you order? You don't want to be the person that doesn't order enough. You don't want to order the thing that's messy. Right. 
Well, it was nice because he ordered everything for us. I, I couldn't tell you the names of anything that we ate. I have no idea what we ate. It was really fancy, like tiny portions on like those fancy white plates. It was a Thai food restaurant. I know that, but it's nothing I've ever eaten before. It's like fancy colors and sauces and shapes and i have no idea what it was <laughs> it was like a, you were sharing plates like a tapas it wasn't like and my bassist will be having the salmon and the drummer will be having the okay no, it, it was, was just tons of tiny foods <laughs> <laughs> now the pressure's on if you guys get to eat together again god mm-hmm. <laughs> right <laughs> what's your chopstick ability like yeah, not true. great. <laughs> mm, I would. I don't want to tell you what to do with your life, but you might want to sharpen up on that. I really should. I, you know, I, I, I can manage it, but it's clear that I'm struggling. I'm sure. <laughs> There's got to be some like sympathy. Can, right, but if you can master <laughs> all those instruments behind you, and like the finger work required for all of those. Right. You'd think I'd have more dexterity with the chopsticks. I (laughs) really should practice more. Yeah. I mean, you've got a harp guitar, for God's sake. Right. At the very least, I could just eat food with the harp guitar. Oh, (laughs) yes. Does everything else. May as well serve it. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) So what's next? on the agenda with the album and with everything you've been doing solo wise yeah i mean right now i'm really focusing on finishing my own album um i have a debut record that i I have to finish it by september because that's when i'm leaving for a small tour solo tour and i really want to have my record out so i can support it with the tour and um it's just been a long time coming and and you know i've written so many songs and and i've been working as a solo artist for so many years and I've just I've always had projects that I've been working on whether writing songs for certain films or um, you know just specific collaborations that I was asked to do and and I've really enjoyed it Um, and obviously the envy of nonstop has just been incredible Um, but I'm really excited to finally sit down and sort of create this record that I feel like really represents me as an artist and, and all of the, the journey that I've been through and the growth that I've had as, as a musician. And, and I'm really excited to have something physical and tangible, especially after this amazing experience with um, Envy of None and releasing this record. Like I just, I feel like I have such a, a, a clear vision of what I want to do with it. And it's, it's really exciting for me. And um, I just, I can't wait. I can't wait to have it out. Well, it seems like, having not heard any of the tracks, but it seems like you probably made a huge leap in certain aspects of your artistry from when you're collaborating with people, you know, that skilled, where it sort of just, for lack of a better term, rubs off on you. You pick up a few (laughs) tricks and you're like, oh, I could structure it that way or I could do it. That's got to be like a great to listen back to these tracks and go, where have, how far have I come in? A short span of time in five years as a performer and a writer yeah and actually through this process you know over the past five years i've also been taking classes on music production and um a lot of my a lot of the vocals that i did for these tracks and lyrics and and vocal arrangements i produced myself and i recorded myself and and um that i learned i've learned so much in the past five years 
along those lines and went from working in, you know, uh, what was it, audition to, you know, now I'm working in Pro Tools and I'm, um, I've taken all these classes and I've learned so much and, and grown so much. And I, I, I did a lot of the, especially on the later tracks on the album, I did a lot of my own recording and my own uh, producing on those tracks. And, and um, that was really fulfilling for me too. And, and this process of, you know, featuring on these songs and, and writing, writing vocal melodies and lyrics and layers and sort of sometimes even rearranging pieces of the the instrumental tracks and creating a full song. Um, it challenged me in a lot of ways because, you know, it's a different, it's a different genre and you're working with other people and you sort of have to, you have to take what you're given and, and mold a puzzle piece that feels like it fits within those parameters. And I feel like I learned so much in that process and, um, you know, and, and getting to, for those two songs when I was in Toronto, getting to be in the studio there and track in that way as well was, I learned so much from that process of just being a vocalist in a studio. Cause that's normally not my thing. You know, I, I, I'm used to doing all of instrumentation and, and I feel really naked just being a vocalist. Like it's very scary for me still and a, <laughs> a vulnerable place for me. I like to hide behind my instruments. And so it's, <laughs> it was a fun challenge for me to sort of let all of those anxieties go and go into a vocal booth and just, you know, sing. And um, I I really enjoyed it. And, and it was a, a really, really great learning opportunity for me about what that world is like. And, and um, you know, and I really did. I learned so much from these guys through this process. And, and um, you know, and Alf is a really great producer and, and uh, he mixed a lot of the songs and, and, um, did a lot of effects works on, on these songs as well and I learned a lot from him through that process and, and in my own process of learning music production you know and um, they these guys were so encouraging and and it's through that whole process to have these guys mentoring me and showing me and, and being able to ask them questions about the industry and about music and about music production and, and the mixing process and seeing this entire process from beginning to end you know, there's, it's been invaluable to me and I've learned just so much in the process and, and obviously just in the music and, and their musicianship and um, the things that Alex would add to the songs and how he would layer his tracks and, and the different textures that he would bring in with the guitars, getting an inside look at that was really cool and really insightful for me as a musician. Um, you know, he's, he's a master at his craft and, and, and just the amazing amount of textures and sounds he's able to create with a guitar are just mind-blowing and it's so exciting and, and cool to have an inside peek at that and all of those processes and yeah I've just like it's it's expanded my horizons so much both musically and um educationally and just learning in this process I, I feel really lucky to to have had this opportunity I think one of the last questions I have to, so we don't take up your time and I really appreciate your time so far. Uh, how is that September deadline looking to you? Is it looming or is it like, I've got time. I can fix everything in here. You know, if I didn't have other things in from here to then, it would be like, Oh, I can totally do that. You know, I'm just going to focus on my music and, and that's plenty of time. But knowing that I have, I don't know 
what's going to happen with Envy of None. I don't know if they're going to be like, oh, you know, these people want us to do a festival show and we have to suddenly figure out a live show. You have to go to Toronto. You have to travel to these places. We're going to go do these things. I have no idea what that's going to look like. And I you just never know. Like, I just got cast in a film and I went and filmed for a month and that took a month out of the time I was going to record on the album as well. And that's really exciting. And you just, you can't say no to something like that. And sure. it's like, it's it's exciting, but it's also, it, it. I know myself and I know over the past years, I've sort of prioritized a lot of other things over the record and I'm trying to consciously sort of make choices that are like, okay, no, this this record is more important than these other things this one thing is definitely more important and I should go do it. <laughs> and then right. these few things are more important and it's sort of like trying to really prioritize the, the things that I know are like, okay, this thing can wait and this thing really can't. And somewhere in there, I have to make time to finish the music and, and I believe I can do it and I'm so ready to do it. I just like, it does, it looms a little bit because I just, of the uncertainty and the unknown of like, am I going to have enough time in between all of these things that are happening? And I, and I, I'm going to make it happen, but it is, it's a little uh, daunting at this point. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, nice problems to have. Certainly. Right. Yeah. It's exciting and, and wonderful problems. <laughs> yeah. I, I know Alex and in other interviews I've seen said like, I'm done touring. I'm not doing 30 nights, you know, it, has he softened at all on that? Do you know, have you been able to like loosen him up to the idea of eh, maybe one or two gigs? Yeah, actually, you know, early on, it was definitely like, no, I don't want to do any more live touring. You know, we're not going to do that kind of thing. And, and we we're like, OK. And then uh, all these people started asking. And then it was like, OK, well, you know, maybe we could do a few shows here and there where it's not like as long. I think as long as it's not any sort of grueling touring that's taking him away from home for a long period of time. Um, I think he's open to it, especially a few one-off shows, a few special shows, or maybe we've talked about the possibility of like, if I did a tour and then just in the bigger cities, we did Envy of None shows. So they would just come for, you know, the bigger cities and we just have a few at, at um, you know, special events and, and things like that. And we've definitely talked about that. And I know that he and I both have talked about how exciting it would be to hear these songs in a live setting and and really practice them and, and make a really fantastic show out of it um and bring in some really talented musicians to um you know fill in all of those layers in a live performance um because it was you know we had unlimited layers we could build in a digital setting and so hearing how to translate that in a live setting and bring in more musicians i think it could be a really amazing live show and and it would be really exciting to see those songs in a different setting like that um so yeah i do think he's sort of he's coming around to the idea and and um i i know that and i don't blame him for not wanting to tour at all like oh. it was most of his life and and that that's can be so grueling and hard to not be home for that long and um you know he's worked so hard on the road for years and years and years so i don't blame him at all at this point in his life for just wanting to be home and and you know enjoy time with his wife and and family and um so you know i think definitely a few special shows are are in the possibility but probably not any like big full tours <laughs> yeah. 
you guys, the rest of the band, just like, come on, these would sound so good in a room. Can you imagine? <laughs> Think about that. Yeah, yeah, he's really sweet about it. We 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 poke him all the time. <laughs> <laughs> more information on Maya and all of her various projects, check out her website, mayawin.com. She is also on Facebook and Twitter, where she is at Maya Wynn. And Envy of None's self-titled debut album is available right now, wherever you get your music. Their website is envyofnone.com, and they're on Facebook and Twitter, where they're at envyofnone underscore. You can check us out on all the various socials. Be sure to visit our website at rockandrollgradschool.com. And don't forget to leave us a review. Today's show is produced by myself and Heidi Hegquist. Our reluctant producers are John Sauvé and Sandy Stone. Our willing producers are Rachel Allen and Randy Jeanette. Our intern is Zach Jackson. This one's for Philippe. Thank you, good night, and may all your favorite bands stay together.